Welcome to Cardboard Conjecture. We're a podcast about board games where we have opinions and conclusions formed on the basis of incomplete information. This episode of Cardboard Conjecture is proudly brought to you by the great people at Gamesurplus.com. Hey there, this is episode six. Six. Of Cardboard Conjecture. I'm your host, Norm. And I'm Ryan. And on today's episode, I'm going to chat about Signori. And I'm going to talk about Pioneer Days. Yeehaw! <laughs> We at Bridge City Board Gamers would like to identify the good, the bored, and the ugly as our cardboard cohorts. In this growing community, it's important to create relationships that help you learn, grow, and support one another. You can find their podcast on iTunes and on YouTube where they produce new content every week. All right, welcome back. Episode six. It, this is the time's flying by. I tell you, I, I I like this. I like this. Um, uh, I would have never thought that. Uh, well, we've got a good groove going. Yeah, uh, yeah. One one week on cardboard conjecture, one week off on uh, cardboard in the classroom. Yeah, it's, it's flowing very well. And that one listener who keeps listening to us. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. The, the, the show can't be, can't, <laughs> it's not possible without you. We're, we're designing this whole thing around you. Um, <laughs> all right. So we, uh, we've got Signori and Pioneer Days. I can't wait to talk about, uh, well, both of them, but you, the one you're bringing up, Pioneer Days, um, I'm still cringing at the, the play that we had because that when I can't wait till we get to talk about that because I've never been hit in the teeth so often by a game and I loved every minute of it. It was pretty cool. All right. But so I, I'm excited about talking about Signori too. Well, because, yeah. That, that, one, that one scratches a very nice itch for me. I think both of us are just waiting for the other one to start talking so that we can interject. Sure. How well, about you go then? I'll go then. That was a good, that was a good transition. Speaking of the transition makes it a bad transition now. There we go. <laughs> Look at me. I just wrecked everything. <laughs> All right, here we it's go. It's way too early in the morning. Yeah. So, well, yeah, it's like the sun's up. Um, all right, so I'm going to talk about Signore, designed by Andrea Chiravezio and Pierluca Zizi, and the artist is uh, Marino Ianelli, and the publisher is What's Your Game? Very, I, well, very well done on the pronunciations. Thank you very much. And I didn't do it without any kind of, you know, Nintendo influence when it comes to the... Yeah, I don't want to embarrass myself. I do that way too easy too often. Um, but what's your game? I am completely loving this company. Um, Signori, let's just, let's just start off by saying I only discovered this game, well, through the research that I always do, but um, I... I I jumped on and purchased this game immediately because I had just finished playing Nippon that I have to show you. Yeah, I, I, I fully am guilty that I have not played Nippon yet, and I will just slap myself on the wrist right now. <laughs> so I finished playing Nippon, and I um, immediately loved the experience that I had. And, um, and, and it's to me, I keep saying that the board game industry is very much like the music industry in the 70s where you have these record companies that are starting to become known for a certain style of music 
And I see the same thing with the board game industry where what's your game? I already know as a publishing company, I can trust the stuff that's coming out from those guys that it scratches the itch that I have. Mm-hmm. Right, much, and much, the, like, much like Stonemeyer games. Yeah, yeah, it's consistent. It's a it's a groove that they that they've dialed in and that they know that they're good at, and they 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 don't keep ringing that bell, but they keep having that inspiration, kind of push them into a new, mm-hmm. you know, putting out a new game. So, um, Signori, let's get into some nuts and bolts on Signori. So, I, you know, I think I'm going to start putting some background music every time I, I touch into the background and game overview. So, here we go. During the 15th century, Italy was a country full of intrigue and magnificence. The Renaissance, I love it. The tumultuous political conditions created the perfect breeding ground for the birth of a new form of government called Signoria. And the rise of the most ambitious noble families. Having acted in the shadows for many years, the time has finally come for them to take control of the cities and shape Italy's future. Their stories will go down in history. In Signori, you will play the role of Signor, the lord of a renowned family of the Renaissance, aiming to strengthen his influence and to build a powerful dynasty by making strategic alliances with the six most prestigious houses of the time. That's very important. We'll come back to that. You must choose wisely the destiny of your offspring, appointing the men of your family to one of the three available careers, military, clerical, or political, and then sending them on important diplomatic missions to the right city at the right moment or by arranging strategic marriages for the women of your family. Twenty dice in five colors are rolled at the beginning of each round. One at a time, players choose one die from the common pool, place it on their player board, and perform the corresponding action. The color of the chosen die determines the possible actions, and the number of the die is a discount on the cost of the action. Hiring helpers will make your future actions more powerful. So that should give us a good framework and context so that we can talk about this game. Absolutely. Um, yeah. The, the, the mechanisms in this game, I think I'm only going to hit three of them, and one of them is, to me, the, the one that... Um, is as the heartbeat of this game so there's dice drafting which i'm starting to love mm-hmm. and i've with you, your, fi- you finally come around i've come around to it i've always liked it but i mean there's just so much to explore in this hobby but your game the dice drafting version of your game is like a punch in the face compared to this one <laughs> um so there's dice, dice drafting set collecting um and that's talking about the uh the different houses yeah the alliance tiles right the, the alliances that you're going to make with all these different houses and then the worker placement well that's your offspring right mm-hmm. those are the three main in my opinion the three main mechanisms that work and 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 have this synergy among them i like it um the work, so the worker placement is kind of like in the background. It's not like a, not this is not a true worker placement in the sense of a worker no. placement game. But there's times where you'll put your guys down. Yeah, and it's not a worker placement where the worker placement is the action. It's the worker placement where that's where the victory points that you're checking off. Right. So just think of it that way. The worker placement is how many victory points you're making with the allocation of the offspring. Right. So that's 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 a good one. And then the set collecting is. When these, uh, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, but the set collecting part is when you allocate the men 
to the, the assignments women. or the women to the marriages. And if there's a, on your player mat, you'll have the clerical, political, military, and the marriages um, kind of uh, k- groups on the side. And you'll have certain uh, house banners connected with those um, house alliances. And you have to collect a certain amount of, of banners in your set. So when you put your worker placement, if that banner matches that political, uh, that particular um, set collecting part of, let's say, clerical or political or mm-hmm. military or uh, marriage, then you start to accumulate um, a, a kind of point bonus for end of game scoring. Right. But you have, to, I think, three. You have think to have a have minimum have of three to start counting. Yeah, you have to have a minimum of three. Yeah. So that is basically the dice drafting, set collecting, worker placement. And the dice drafting, I'm not going to get into it yet because that's what I want to talk about in my opinions about the unique mechanisms. So how do we win this game and how do you score points? So we kind of touched base about the worker placement being a critical component of, uh, of winning the points. But there's, in, there's points you can get during the game and then there's end of game points. So uh, in the game... You can get points, like I said, through diplomatic mission actions, and you can get 1 to 13 points depending on how educated your son is in the clerical, political, or military scale. Mm -hmm. Um, The more resources you put towards his education climbs you up this scale, and when you um, assign him a contract, where he leaves that scale is the amount of victory points. So, like I said, it goes from, from... Grade one to grade thirteen, I guess, <laughs> or year one of university. If you're, yeah, if you're any of my friends and the professional students, year one of university and year thirteen of university. Um, the yeah, I'm not gonna have to worry. I don't think they're gonna listen to this. Um, so the next one is the marriage action. So when you worker placement your 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 daughters, um, that is the similar thing that you do is you find whatever city is requiring a marriage and the same idea with the tile collecting. If the tile matches something that you can collect as a set, you can take the tile. If not, then you just score the points on that banner. Each of these banners, I think it ranges from three points to five, I think. Something like that. Maybe there might be some with two. I can't remember yeah, off so, the top of my head. but So you get victory points um, when you do the suns. You get victory points for when they leave um, their training and also you get victory points for the banner that you're claiming when you do a diplomatic mission. And the same goes when you do a marriage mission, that the banners will have uh, victory points on them. And each turn, you if there's some taken away, then you replenish them. So that's one way in the diplomatic mission and the marriage action. The uh, There's so many. It's, it's, it's not point salad like Feld. But you have to... There's multiple ways to score points. Multiple ways to score points, and you need to pay attention to what the other people are doing in their strategies because all of a sudden you can get blown out completely. And the one thing I think when we played that you dialed into was the initiative track. If you can keep, in all those um, actions that you choose, if you can keep pushing that initiative track um, up into the higher levels, you can start ringing the bell at two points, three points, four points. Every round. Every round, and then it... Um, manipulates the initiative order for the next round because I'm telling you when these dice come out, and I'll explain, I keep saying I'll explain the dice, but when these dice come out, having first pick on those dice can completely train change your strategy for that whole turn because oh. of that magic number 13 on mm-hmm. the uh, dice total. So oh, yeah. oh, that'll yeah. make more sense as we go. 
So yeah, the initiative track, you can get points there. Um, you're receiving rewards in the, um, in the bonus, in the end of turn uh, bonus phase. There's uh, uh, victory points you can get there. Um, and then you have these things called helpers that I'll explain when we get into that whole dice mechanism. But those guys can just ring you one or two or three points. At the end of the game, if you have um, um, sons that are still on this career path track, then you get half victory points for for the years of experience that they have in their education. Um, and then also um, the big one. I think that's the one that swung the games for most of the times I've played, which is that alliance tiles that are placed next to your career board, that's when you start doing those end-of-game set bonuses. And that'll, that'll catapult you. Absolutely. Uh, if, if, if you're only sitting at two in all of them, you never actually met... The got the third one so that you can actually to score turn it the on. Set. Yeah, yeah. You you may you may as well. You better have a good lead. Yeah, yeah. Because because like I said, the the people behind you will just get catapulted. So that's how you uh, that's how you uh, win the game. That's how you get victory points. Um, let's go to uh, let's go to some opinions. This is where you can start chiming in. So mm. I, I, we always talk about outside in. Let's look at the box and let's see if it pulls us in. So the uh, box art. Um, I absolutely, I thought it was fantastic. I think it communicated the, for me at least, um, artistically it communicated the time period. It oh communicated yeah, cap- captures it really, really nicely. Yeah, and it's not a cartoony um, kind of art style, but it's not a, let's say, a kind of Euro drab kind of, you know, n- not much budget went into the art side. It looks like they had a very competent artist who was able to communicate time period, was able to communicate, at least from what I think now, um, the front and center of that box cover art is the signor, like the, mm-hmm. the, the, the head of the household, the, yep. holding the papa. Up his, holding up his glass of wine. Holding up his glass of wine with his family around him, kind of, you know, in charge. And mm-hmm. I think that now that I understand the game, that the, the choices in, uh, in, in the graphic arts area and the artist's choices definitely communicated that to me. And it, uh, it just, to me, screams quality. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so components, I mean, it's a Euro cube meeple yeah, yeah you, got, you, got your stand, you got your standard meeples they really did a good job distinguishing like the female meeples from the male meeples yeah, silhouettes yeah yeah and then and then you got your little your little action discs and your uh you got just your standard d6 dice that are you know, all the different colors they, they, they look nice they look nice yeah there's uh six different colors to denote the six different dice positions or or pip positions oh five that's right five i stand corrected um, no, actually, I'm sitting down corrected. That's a bad one. <laughs> I'll have to edit that one out for sure. No, um, you won't. So, yeah, no, I won't. Um, so, yeah, the components, I mean, they are what they are. This isn't a minis game by no. any means. This no. is about the nice, system and the theme. Nice, nice, nice player boards, very well laid out. Nice, nice thick cardboard. Yeah, th- I'm noticing that, that What's Your Game um, is coming out with a standard kind of 16 by 9 looking player board they're not they're not squared by any means they're more kind of rectangular kind of letterbox film that mm-hmm. w- that kind of landscape we're used to so um it's becoming familiar to me and because i said i'm having a, a really good connection with this company that 
I think I'm biased. They're going to have to make something really bad right now for me to be turned off of this company. Please don't do that. Um, so challenge, challenge accepted. Yeah. Uh, so rule book, the readability learning curve. I thought it was clear. I thought it was um, intuitive, and I didn't. I I didn't want to throw it at any point of uh, of reading it. No, and you, you did a very good job. Like the first time that we played it, you did a very good job. There's only just a, ever just a, there's only a couple like those little rules. Couple footnotes, yeah. Yeah, just those little things that you're like, oh, uh, I can't think of the one off the top of my head, but oh, what do, you, what do you do in this particular situation? You flip to the rule book. It had that explanation right there. Yeah, so I think what it was, uh, I think it was play tested very well. I think the, the player questions were answered by the designer very well. And I looked at, if you look on the back here, um, I don't know if you're aware of this, but um, rules revision, Paul Grogan. Oh, way to go, Paul. Mr. Gaming Rules. So uh, I, I knew that he had some, uh, some, uh, some clout and, uh, and so far, uh, but it's a fantastic rule. It's book. fantastic. I think very well laid out, very well structured. The revisions were so logical, so I mean, I use the word intuitive, and that was it. I mean, the moment we had a question, we went to that area, and like you said, there was an example structured around the question we had. So it already had the answer to the question we didn't even know we had yet. <laughs> That's very. <laughs> Let's start talking about Back to the Future timeline. No, okay. Um, oh, don't get me started. <laughs> so, yeah, I love the rule book was great. Um, game style, uh, game system, th- that to me is the joy of this game. And where the system is driven by this unique mechanism that I'm going to talk about right away. So at the start of the round, whoever is the first player takes the whole mitt full of dice and there's five different colors. <laughs> Ryan's nodding at me going, yes, good yes. memory, LePage. Um so each different color has a column on your player board that represents unique uh, actions that you can take. There's always going to be a signori. There's always going to be an assignments. And there's going to be a, um, for each color, there's going to be a very unique action to that um, particular color. Particular color. Um, so when, you, let's say, I, I'm just going to quickly, uh, quickly kind of fly you by. Um, so you have... The yellow dice, which is in slot number one. So if I roll a one on the yellow dice, this idea of a discount, you have to pay the amount um, of uh, the difference on the dice. Correct. Right. Yes. So if I have, let's say, in the so yellow is in the one slot, red's only, in the only two slot. Only if it's slot. a lower number, though. If it's a lower number, yeah. Only if it's a lower number. It has to be the same number or higher without you paying. Um, uh, any money. So let's say in the purple slot in three, um, I have a two. Well, the difference is one. So I'd have to pay one to use that dice. Mm-hmm. Now the pips or the, the amount of the pips is important because at the end, you're going to add them all up and see if you can ring uh, the number 13 Thir- or lower. 13 less. So like I said, yellow's one, red is in the two slot, uh, purple's in the three slot, gray's in the four slot. And green is in the five slot. Um, so when the dice are rolled, and if you're the first player, you have the immediate um, um, kind of instinct to, to go and design which dice that you want to pick up and how you want to pick. There's so much to think about when those dice are rolled that to me, 
if you have any any inch of AP in you, it's going to be challenged. Right. If you have money, if you have money, you want to select low value dice. Yeah, you definitely want to because those um, end of game on end of round bonuses. If you are able to get thirteen or less, those those are big actions. Those are big things. You get the not only you, you get uh, marry off one of your daughters. Yeah, which allows you to create to more create offspring, more offspring. Offspring. Yeah. And then you also get like some of these really powerful actions, like putting a, a, a free disc down sometimes, or you just get, or, or you um, get to hire another, or get another son, or you just. Sometimes that one dice can turn into three actions if you've developed that helper idea. So mm-hmm. underneath, it's this visually on your on your player board, you have these columns of the different dice colors, and under the columns there um, are. A, I think three actions under each column and you have the initial action that you can take so let's say select a yellow dice I have three choices that I initially have to make one's assignment mm-hmm. one's going to be a signori action and one's going to be a specific action to that dice color then underneath that I have three other available actions to me if I use a helper to um, cover up one of those um, uh, actions. Well. Now, here's the cool part. If I choose a helper in column yellow, the helper isn't going to cover uh, a spot yellow spot. Yellow. It's gonna it's gonna cover a spot in another color. So you can beginning in the game. And I was I was thinking this theory is that instead of instead of like starting that game engine right away, does it pay to invest in helpers in the beginning of the game? So later in the game. Each single action you're taking is triggering two well, or three or even that, four. That's what I do in almost all of our games. Is I get my helpers out so that I can push those influence tracks in those three schools. Yeah. I always I get try to get those three right away so that anytime I'm taking dice for the rest of the game, my guys are going up on those tracks every, with every single dice that I take, and then I'm going to ring out points. Because ultimately, like you just said, ultimately it comes down to that worker placement. How can I turn my offspring into victory points? And so, so you can kind of like using, you can specialize your strategy. Yeah. You can't do everything in this game. Well, you can certainly try, but you can try, but I don't think it's beneficial to do. Yeah. This is one of those games where I don't think it's beneficial to do a little bit of everything. You have to kind of specialize yourself. Like I specialized in pushing up those tracks and then sending off my sons to the different countries. And it's definitely the dice that are going to dictate to you what direction you're going to go. Cause Mm. like you said, if you don't ring out, 13 or under on the total of these dice that you select because there's sometimes where I mean we've gotten into the uh, the habit where you we can get four dice we can usually get four dice and then we well, you, you always have four dice yeah but yeah but that's a, that, but that's you could, I mean. but you can only take three dice if yeah. you want because you neglect like yeah. conducting an action if you're if you roll a bunch of fives and sixes well there's you you have to make a choice do I want three actions this turn or four actions and if I want three actions, then I'm going to make sure I get my bonus at the end of the turn. If the bonus doesn't interest me or I don't think it's relative to the success of my engine, then I might forego that and take that fourth dice and go over my bonus kind of um, situation. So, yeah, it's just so much to think about. Um, that's, to me, that's the unique mechanism is this how this dice drafting system works. It is just a... Trying, trying, trying to meet, trying to stay within that range of uh, of one to thirteen. Yeah, that's a very interesting puzzle. This ge- the, and it's different than your game because, like I said, your game is is just a straight out two by four to the head. <laughs> this is a slow vice 
on your brain because you can see it coming and you're still trying to figure oh, out dude. how can I how can I make this work? How can I take these two things well, and make something that doesn't exist? Well, at least for me, I, I can have AP at the best of times. <laughs> the, the opening rounds of this game, I'm sitting there, I'm like, okay, I got to try to figure out what is the strategy that I want to go for? What are the dice that are going to do that? I'm going to take this one. Am I going to? No, I'm not going to take that one. I'm going to take No, I'm not going to. I'm going to go back to. No, I, I, I sit there for the, at least the first two or three rounds and I have, I have, AP galore trying to figure out, but that's just me because that, that's well, the that's type a, of player that I am. I'm a bit like that too. Um, and I've played this several times at two player. I've played three player and I played one time at four player. It, it balances well because you only there's more, use, there's more dice. Yeah. You only there. use the amount of like for two player, you only use the two amount of color. The only, yeah. For the players. So the more players there are, the more choices you have of the dice, but the more competition you have, Mm-hmm. So there's a there's this delicate balance, um, just on the dice selection, not even on the actions that you're going to use with these dice, because you, it's, there's such a crazy tech tree that this game can create. It's yeah, my, I, I need to I need to sit down. <laughs> it's overwhelming me. So does the, to me does this all connect? Absolutely, because it comes down to it's like you're you're the you're the 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 head, head of the household and you want to make sure your family is prosperous and you and how do you get prosperity you get your kids out there and you get your kids working and you, you get your and, kids and you networking make, and you got to make difficult decisions and you got to make different da- yeah daddy says that we need to marry to this family because if not we're not going to have that political alliance we're not going to score points we're not gonna, yeah, <laughs> we're not going to get victory points the people down the road, the Joneses down the road. We got to keep up with them Joneses. Um, uh, so yeah, I think it all connects together. Um, what do you think? I mean, you're probably in the same opinion yeah, as me. Yeah, and I, I, I'm no stranger. I really love my Euro, yeah, uh, my Euro games and everything. This one scratches always a really nice itch. There's a nice, interesting puzzle with the the dice drafting. The theme comes out relatively well uh, with with the different types of actions that can take place and how those actions integrate like send like your son how educated he is the more educated he is he's going to get you more points that just makes more sense but then but then there's also that idea of well when do i like i don't need him to get to 13 i just need him to get to five because i need that tile that's there before you get that tile because i can see on your game board that you need that for your set so there's a bit of a race too which is I mean, yeah, we could both sit down and, and mm-hmm. fatten up the whole thing, but we start looking at these tiles that are five points, and, and it's in, like, hmm, I need that and before in, and you. And in dice drafting games, there, there always can be a little bit of element of hate drafting. Oh. Of, of, uh, I'm going to take that dice just so that, because I know he has to take it's, either yeah. this color or this color, and if I take this one, there's he, no good decision for him right yeah, now. Yeah, it's like I could take this one, and then that'll allow you to take the next one, and you can make your bonus, but if I take the one that that I'm still within my bonus, but leaving you with a dice that puts you one over yeah, and you're looking at me going, you could do the nice choice or you could do the hate choice. Yeah. Choose love, not war. Yeah. And most of the time it's you just, war. it's war. It's, it's cardboard war. Um, my conclusion, I mean, I, obviously you can connect the dots, but I'm just going to say that this is a game that I don't mind losing at all. Because I know that at the end of the game, this game is going to show me something new that I'd mm-hmm. never seen before and is going to propel me to go, let's set this up again. Let's go. I have a new theory. 
Yeah, it, no, it, it it's very it's very well done. I I hope it stays on your shelf for the foreseeable future because I really enjoyed this one. And as long as you have it on your shelf, I don't have to feel the compulsion <laughs> that it has to fit onto my shelf, even though it's a really good euro. And my shelf is full of really really good euros. I'm I, laughing because I'm looking at him as he's saying this, <laughs> and I can see the acquisition disorder in his pupils going. But if it's I'm on sur- sale I'm, anywhere... I'm actually surprised that I haven't picked this up already. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we'll have to talk to Carmen. Good time for a plug at gamesurplus.com. Well done. S- so thank you very much. So that's, yeah, that's my assessment. Um, I love this game. And, and just talking about it, I'm already thinking, you know, that tech tree strategy. It's like, oh, I'm going to abandon this. I'm going to try this next time. Or mm-hmm. a little bit of this and a little bit of that. So, yeah. Signori, or or if we want to get a little cultural tap down, Signori. Ooh, that was sexy. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm here all week. Try the veal. Now it's time to, I'm going to pass this. Uh, this speaking uh, of veal. Banter. Yeah, speaking of veal. <laughs> let's, and, hop uh, on, let's hop on down the Oregon Trail. Getting beat up. Oh, yeah. Oh. Uh, and then you die. Okay. So from one dice drafting game to another dice drafting game, which we didn't actually plan at all. That this has happened two two times in a row now. Yeah, the, with the uh, treasure, the acritery, and the uh, tobago, toboggan, uh, tobago, tobago. We go from dice drafting in Renaissance period time. Now we're going to hop on down to the old west. Yeehaw! We're going to talk about Pioneer Days, which was a 2017-2018 release by Tasty Minstrel Games, uh, with the uh, designers being Matthew Dunstan and Chris Marling, uh, with the art by Sergey Marquette. And so I'm going to read you a little bit of overview. My overview is actually not very long. Mine was an epic novel. I know. Oh, it was so good. (laughs) Um, So the introduction to this is, In Pioneer Days, you lead a wagon train and spend four weeks heading out west. You'll collect cattle, townsfolk, and equipment, pan for gold, and earn favors from various towns you visit along the way. But can you deal with all the disasters the wild frontier can throw your way? So throw your way, catapult and so and, 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 you. So anybody that that's you know should be very familiar with the you know, that old game, the Oregon Trail, where it, lots of things you die from dysteria and nothing really ever good happens to you. I've strangled a few computer monitors in my youth. So of that th- game. this game is. Di- it captures that feel. I'm going to get that to my in my opinions, but uh, the, the the game mechanisms we like we mentioned before. This is a dice drafting game at its heart. Um, every player can have has um, special abilities that they have, like they have their own specialties. Um, you can because every player board has like a standard where everybody could be the same, or everybody could have like some sort of specialty. Like yeah. there's the gambler, there's the 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 miner for gold, there's the. Uh, Oh, I think the, my, the, 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 oh. I had the businessman who uh, every time I did one of the cards, I got an yeah. extra star or something there, like there, that. There's the old, there's the old crazy guy, <laughs> so, crazy so, cook, and then there's a little bit of resource management that goes on, but that's not the that's not the heart of it. There's a little bit of that going on. So how do you win in Pioneer Days? Don't <laughs> don't die. <laughs> Just, no, that, 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 that's not the part of it. Uh, you, you you score points in this game. There's various ways that you can score points. Um, so like I said, the, the game is divided into four weeks. And at the end of every week, you can go to a town. There's a couple town t- uh, cards that are up at the top, and you can trade in resources to get these what are called favors. And every favor tile that you collect is worth two points at the end of the game. So you could be trading in some of your medicine to get those favor tiles. 
um, spending some money to get those favorite tiles, get trading your cattle. But those are difficult decisions because those are important resources. Those, those are going those to be important four, resources. Those four punches to the head that could possibly happen. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you're also going to score points if you've accumulated any cattle that week. You'll score one point per, for every cow that, you, uh, that you're kind of herding along with your, with your little ba- uh, bandwagon. And then everything else is at the end of the game. Those, are, if those two are evaluated at the every week. Yeah. And at the end of the game, you're going to, sometimes you might collect these gold nuggets, and you'll get one point per nugget. So there's these little tiles that you'll collect and put into your wagons. They'll either have one, two, or three gold nuggets on them. So you'll score one, two, or three points per them. Um, then oh, there those, are, those wagons, they fall apart. Oh, man. Ratty old. <laughs> Why can't I have a Ford? Yeah. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um, then you might be able to recruit some townsfolk along the way, and every townsfolk has got some sort of uh, either one-time benefit or ongoing ability that they can share with, uh, share with your, wa- uh, your crew. But at the bottom of every townsfolk card, there's also um, end-of-game bonus points that you can score as long as they are still with your caravan at the end of the game. And then you can also lose points if your wagons are damaged. Oh, man. And, and the, da- the damage <laughs> is going to come, and you better be prepared for it. Oh, yeah, there's no dodge in any of this. This yeah. is just all getting yourself ready for the storm. Yeah. Every damage token, you lose two points at the end of the game. Oh. Okay, okay so let's get into the opinions. Um, the box art and the art in this game is very, very nice. It's very fun and cartoony. Kind of distracts you the way from the way that this game is actually going to like beat you up a little bit, so uh, so it's it's kind of it's a nice relaxing fun atmosphere that that it's created with this with this art. Any opinions on the art? The I'm looking at I'm looking at the uh, the rule book cover and it's got this. It reminded me right away of like a Disney Atlantis kind oh, of. That, that's what I was trying to go for. Yes. Yeah. It's to me that's the first thing that rang up in my head was was that art style from that particular movie. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's, it's, the characters it's, it's are very totally fun, very family-friendly that, that type, type yeah. of art and everything. Yeah, it's kind of like a Disney, those Disney movie characters. Yeah, like this, that, whole, that whole page layout has got a very family-friendly, Disney-esque, yeah. I hope we don't uh, have to pay royalties on that, yeah. um, Disney-esque feel to it. Kind of feel, it kind of looks like a movie poster almost, yeah. too. Yeah. Um, the components in this game are very nice. Uh, it's a Tasty Minstrel Games production. It's not a deluxified game. No, but they have that gorgeous thick cardboard, uh, oh, same like the, Orléans. Yeah, the very the very thick cardboard. Yeah. The nice little cow meeples that you can cut. Yeah, uh, the components, they, they didn't the player, scrimp at all. They did the a very boards, good job. The player boards are nice thick. They don't, they don't warp or no. anything like that. Yeah. The, the cards have that nice linen. It's, it's a top-notch production, which is what you should expect from a Tasty Mitchell Games. Well, I mean, the um, theory, to, to me, the theory is you want these games to be played often, and if you want them to be played often, then have components that are going to last. Oh, yeah. Often. Yes. Uh, no, absolutely. Um, the little, little finicky thing are the little, like the little pieces of lumber and the little medicines. They're kind of they're little small. Everything so they can get a little fiddly, but yeah. that that's a that's a very very minute little point. Um, the rule book it's a very short rule book. It's only eight pages long, and it's laid out perfectly. Yeah, there is. I I I only had to read this rule book once, and I understood everything that there was that needed to be done in this game. There was no questions of. Um, little little situations here or there. There was none of those, and the gameplay was logically connected too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and they're very good in ex- explaining all the different types of actions that you can take, and 
Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a top-notch, top-notch rule book. Very easy to read, very uh, very easy to follow. Yeah, I, I agree. Now, the game system, this is the heart of it. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's a dice-drafting game. And so there are, no, I'm going to get, no, I'm going to get this wrong. There are five different colors of dice. Six, six colors of dice. <laughs> no, five colors of dice. Yeah. Five. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so five different colors of dice. And what you're going to do is you're going to roll, um, I think it's every, every week, so there's, if there's a four-player game, you're going to roll five dice. You'll just reach into this bag. You'll randomly select a whole bunch of dice. You'll roll five of them so that there's always going to be one that's left over. Yeah. The one that's left over, you're going to look at that color. And that's going to advance what's called the disaster track. And these dice don't have pips on them. They're, they're all these symbols. Oh, there's a lot of symbols. I'm yeah. going to get to the symbols. So the, the disaster track, though, so if I leave behind a, a blue dice, that's going to advance the disaster track that there's a storm coming. And if it ever gets to level three, the storm strikes, and you have to, you have to be able to repair your wagon. Your wagons get damaged in the storm. And for every wagon that you have, wagon attachment that you have, you have to spend one piece of wood. That's or else, right. Or else you get a damage token on your wagons. That so you can have, never repair. Well, there's some cards that allow you to repair, or there's some towns. Folk I didn't see those cards. We didn't see those cards in our game. <laughs> but uh, and then there's the then there's the red dice that will advance the uh, uh, the bandits track. Yeah. And if the bandits track gets all the way, you lose half. Your, everybody loses half their money. And what's painful is you can slowly see this coming. It's, oh yes. It's there's there's no s- surprise yeah. or shock to it. You know. That this punch is coming. Oh, yes. And sometimes multiple of them will happen at the same time. Oh. Um, the yellow track is the... It's like the, being uh, a little brother. <laughs> the yellow track is the is the famine. So if the yellow is, is the famine, so you have to pay a dollar per cow that oh, you have. Yeah. Or else your cows are going to die from famine. And then the green track is disease, which you have to spend medicine to keep any townsfolk alive. Or else they die off from disease. Yeah, your caravan is, oh. So those are only four. I mentioned that there's five different colors. There's the black dice. Now, if a black dice isn't drafted. And it's left last. It's left last. All four tracks advance. Well, it was crazy because we were, I mean, it's it's not a cooperative game by any means. But we were definitely behaving cooperatively when it came to what dice color is going to be left last. I know. And so like I, I there's some times where I was like, Well, I don't care if disease or famine happens. I have no cows oh, to yeah. lose. Oh, but Norm over there, he's got like five cows, but he's only <laughs> he's only got like two dollars, three oh yeah. You could make a passive aggressive choice to annihilate somebody and go, Look, dude, you saw it coming. You didn't plan for it. That's not my fault. So that's half all, your herd dies. So that's all revolving around the one dice that's left over. That's gonna advance you. Now, when you draft a dice Every dice can be used one of three ways. This is beautiful. Yeah. One of three ways. You can draft the dice. Um, you're going to look at the symbol that's on it. And on the main player board, the symbols are all laid out. And so that symbol can either be used to gain money. So like it says, if it's the cow symbol, um, the cow symbol, you can just take it to get $4. Yep. Just take $4 from the bank. Um, the cow symbol itself could be an action. Like the cow symbol is get a cow. Yep. Um, the medicine symbol is get a medicine. The wood symbol is get specific a piece of wood. to the resources. Yeah. Um, the 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 mining symbol is get a piece of uh, gold out of the out of the gold bag, and then there's the equip, 
And the equip action is you just get there's a little player board there. The items were great. Yeah, you uh, recruit an item, which gives you some sort of extra specialty for the for the rest of the game. And I loved how some of the items were connected to your dice choice, that if you had selected a mm-hmm. specific dice, it would trigger some of your items. Yeah, so some of them might have a cow symbol on them. Yeah. And if so every time I select a cow symbol, I actually also get to trigger that special item that I that I, uh, that I collected. Like so I, cool I get, customizations. Get, get some extra medicine, get some yeah. extra lumber, get some uh, along those lines. And then the other, the last symbol there is is the Joker hat. It's, <laughs> it's the it's the wild card, so I can use it for any one of the actions, not for the money, just for one of the actions. For the resources, yeah, yeah. And then the last thing that the dice can be used for is that underneath all of these symbols there are the townsfolk. So you can draft a townsfolk. So I can spend the the cow symbol dice, and I can take the townsfolk no cost. Yeah. I just take the cow uh, the, out of the that slot out of the slot, and I put them into my caravan. And so, like we mentioned before, those townsfolk can be worth end of game uh, victory points as long as they're still with you <laughs> at the end of the game. If they're still alive. If, if they're still alive. And they also come with a, uh, a one-time benefit, like get you some resources right oh, yeah. away, or um, you get to do something right away, or they have some sort of ongoing um, specialty yeah. for, the, for the rest of the game. And uh, the Townsfolk, this is where a little bit of variability comes in too. There's, um, there's five decks of them, and you only ever use two decks shuffled together. So like there's, there's like the A, B, C, D, and E uh, decks, and they all kind of work, do something differently, like, uh, I played the first time I played this. They always say with the A and B deck, those the, are probably the nice decks. Yeah, they they always give they always give you something. Yeah, and, and there's no direct player interaction. But the game that I showed off at the, the Friday night <laughs> one, I show I chose the 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 D and E decks, and they <laughs> they were in your face, um, screwing with other people's caravans. Oh, they were punched lot, to the head. Of, they didn't give us very much stuff, but there was a lot of like take stuff from other players and. So you can kind of look at the different decks and kind of customize your game. Do you want it to be a nice game? Do you want a more like interactive in your face game? Oh yeah, yeah. I had the I had the cattle stealer, and he was awesome. So and, that, th- those and are then always, they died. So, <laughs> <laughs> it's always really it's always been really really cool. So there's lots of different combinations you can do with the decks. Um, there's one last thing is you can, any any items you get you have to actually put in your wagons, and so. How do you get more wagons? Well, you can buy more wagons. There's two different types. There's like a small wagon and a large wagon. Um, the small wagon costs five dollars, where the large wagon costs eight dollars. And, and money's tight. Oh, it can be tight. Yeah, and especially if the raiders are coming. Oh, the bandits are coming. Because then sometimes you money. just don't want to hang. You don't want to have any money because, like you said, of the raiders coming. But then, oh, the raiders are coming. So I'm going to spend all my money and get some wagons. But then a storm comes, and I have to have wood, or else I have to repair all my wagons, or else I get damage tokens. And I'm like, each what? choice has a conundrum. Like, what's the lesser of the two evils? Oh yeah, it's, I, well, I, my big joke the whole game was head or gut. Head, or, you're gonna get punched, head or gut. Where yeah. do you want it? Yeah. So like in the beginning, a few rounds, everything, like, the tracks are pretty much going up evenly. But then all of a sudden the tracks are going to start triggering one after another, after another. And then the next round, oh, maybe we left the black dice. Now two things happened at the same time, which is, it, it's, it's consistent. It's constant. The, uh, the, the feel that I had was the same feel that you get at the end of the game with Galaxy Trucker. Is my ship even going to cross the line? <laughs> and the, to me, that was the same. It's like, am I just going to make it to the end of the game? Oh, I know. That's that. a success for me. I know. So like, so like the one guy we were playing with, 
Um, he had a whole bunch of townsfolk, and he spent the whole game, I'm just going to get my townsfolk so I can get all those end-of-game bonus points, which was, like, huge for him because he was able to ring them off. He got bonus points yeah. for having wagons. He got bonus points for his cows that he managed to still keep alive. Yeah. Uh, you can get bonus But I believe he didn't win either, though. No, I thought he won. Did he win? Yeah, yeah. He had he had a figure he had a good engine going, but it was just this and I couldn't monolith get anything going. of a system. I was the gold miner and I just loaded up my wagons with gold nuggets and but that's all I could ever get going. I couldn't ever get any cows. They all kept dying. My my gameplay was I was trying to figure out a way where I could eat my dead cows. <laughs> there's no there's no there's no there's no amendment to the rules for that. So, does it all connect in the end? This is an Oregon Trail type type game. And, yeah, you are going down the trail. You're going to be delivering goods to these towns. You're going to be collecting. You're going to be getting people on your bandwagons. And stuff is going to happen to you because this is the Old West and nothing really ever good ever happens at, at the end of the trail. And so the, the, this is a very this can be a very punishing type of game. If, if you, you choose to be. If it chooses to be. Yeah. You, you can see these things coming. So you can prepare. Yeah. So you can, like, lessen the blow most of the time. You know what's you know what's coming like that that storm's coming. <laughs> header gut, header gut. And I've got four wagons, but I only got two pieces of wood. I'm like, well, I may as well get one more piece of wood so that I only take one damage token instead of two damage tokens. Or if I take two damage tokens, that's not as bad because I can always get some favor tiles at the end that'll probably negate those negative points that I'm going to get. Yeah, you're gonna suffer regardless. And. It's a really nice game because it, it plays very quick. I love the variability that you pointed out. That I mean, it's not always going to be a, a kick in the head. No. I mean, you can make it so that it's a very pleasant kind of, you know. Yeah. And you can actually, and one thing I didn't mention with the dice drafting is that there, there's a set, for however many players there are, there's a set amount of each dice. There's always, um, in a two-player game, there's three of each color yeah. in, in, in the bag. Um, so you can actually kind of see what's going to be coming. Like in the last couple of rounds, you can kind of see, well, we've had all, all the reds. All the reds have come out. So we know they're, the a red A bunch tracks. of yellows are in the bag still, yeah. Yeah, so we can probably predict that, like, you know, famine or, or disease is probably going to come Going to hit us, and, yeah. And, well, there's some planning, yeah. It's not like it's arbitrary. I mean, there's no... no I don't think there was much randomness at all except for the dice that you're rolling out of the bag, but you can mitigate all that. Yeah, there, there, there's things that you can do. There's a lot of townsfolk yeah. that allow you to mitigate or take... If I take this action, you can actually take the action beside it or something like I that. I was and I was not frustrated at all in, oh, in any of these games about the randomness mitigate. of the dice. You can always mitigate. I forgot about this. You can always pay three dollars to change the value of the dice you select. That's true. That's another thing that the money can be used for. I always forgot that was a very important one that we started using towards the end of the game. <laughs> because we could, well, there's got to be a way out of this. Oh yeah, oh yeah, money. I, I can change this to a money medicine. changes everything. I can change this to a medicine symbol, so I actually get some medicine to that to cure my my people from their disease. So this was a game that got a little bit of hype that I kept that I kind of kept my eye on for a little bit. And when our game store our game store brought in one copy. And, and you I, scooped it up. And I, and I saw it's kind of sitting there. And I said, hey, you guys got some? He's like, yeah, I brought in one. So I'm like, oh, okay. So I'll, 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 I'll take it. And he's like, oh, did you hear something about it? And I'm like, yeah, I heard it's actually a pretty fun little dice game. So now he's bringing in more. Good. So this is definitely one that's going to go on my Tasty Minstrel game shelf. I actually have a shelf of just Tasty Minstrel games. Awesome. Which is, which is always fantastic. So this is a Pioneer Days. 
definitely if you have a chance to check it out, a really good solid dice drafting type of game. So it's a keeper. I'm, I'm going to keep it for a while. All right. So keep it for a while. that's a keeper for you. Signori, definitely a keeper for me. There's no culling going to be had with this game. So, uh, yeah, two positive uh, perspectives on these two awesome dice drafting games. Um, I guess that's a, a wrap-up point here. I, I, I guess so, I because the, the bell's going to go for... We're, we're going to get Forrest to wrap it up. So, uh, <laughs> thank you for listening. I'm Norm. And I'm Ryan. And take care. We are Bridge City Board Gamers, and you can find us on YouTube. You can follow us on Twitter at BC Board Gamers. Our Facebook page is Saskatoon Tabletop Games Community, and on Board Game Geek Guild number three zero three nine.